Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cafe Con Jen. I am your host, Jennifer Isabel. Today we are talking to uh, Don, the man, the experience, whatever you want to use after Don. Uh, his real name, his government name is Donald, Donald Hobson. He's the owner of Mega Elite Fitness. He has been my personal trainer for two years. I believe so. About two years before yeah. COVID when people were able to visit gyms and work out and do normal stuff. Don? Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, so I I met you, like establishing how I know you. Please, everyone, excuse. There's a, a fly in here. So if you're watching via video, please excuse the fly. Um, it's just disrespectful in my interview. You can't but see whatever. It. It's just look like you like. Yeah. Me, so. It's like it's like there. It's like I'm here. Like I want to make an appearance on your show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I I met you through a recommendation. I was looking for personal training, mm-hmm. and someone recommended you. Uh, and then you happen to be vegan as well. So we connected yes, on that yes. level too. Uh, and we always have amazing chats. It's fire. And we always talk about so many different things. I know. And it just made sense for, for me to bring you on. Well, I'm glad you did. It makes me I feel important. You are important. I thank you. I just wanted you to say that. Thank hey. You. <laughs> you said me. No, but I think it's it's facts. <laughs> like, I also don't think that Cafe Con Jen is about uh, just bringing, and I say this a lot, and i just going to sound like a record player. I don't want to bring on people just because of their name or their image or their brand. Uh, because I feel like you can have an image and a brand, but have nothing to contribute to other people that are still aspiring to get to where what your brand or your image is promoting. For example, like if you are the the one hundred percent at like salsa and all you know is salsa, that's that's amazing and fantastic. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard when let's say during this time especially, people aren't thinking about salsa as much as they did before. So it's just what other what other things or skills or capabilities or just thoughts do you have on other things that you're not known for? Um to help someone through this time to share a little light to highlight to make them just be become better people and you know us we talk about everything yes we <laughs> do <laughs> um i want to start this conversation aside from like establishing how we know each other so we've talked a lot about like society and like movies and uh public public events that are happening mm-hmm. like whether it's in the dancing or celebrities yeah. uh, but I don't want to continue this conversation without recognizing uh, that you are black and that in this time yeah what did I say did I say that you're not no no I said that I am oh yes of course yeah. that you, you're most <laughs> most certainly if, like unless you're listening to this on the podcast that you aren't able to see but Don is a black salsa dancer and I want to for you to take a few minutes or however long you want and really talk about what your feelings or your thoughts or anything that comes to mind in terms of 
what's going on right now and how you feel it correlates within the dance scene? Well, I mean, me personally, um, it's, it's been half and half. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you're in certain environments in the dancing and um, you're welcomed, you know. Um, it's just like people just want to dance. They, you know, they, they want you in there to appreciate the culture of the music. And then, you know, there's other times where people are kind of like standoffish, you know, you know a little slight. I don't even know if I want to go along the lines of saying complete racism, but prejudice, you know, definitely prejudice. But it's it's like it's like half and half. Um, but for for the most part, the you know the dancing has been real welcoming. It's just that you know every every now and then you know you have moments where you know people look at you a little crazy when you're asking to dance. So maybe because you know I don't look the part. I don't even know what that means. Um, that they're reluctant to dance with me or whatever, or like eh, or just straight up like nah, I'm okay, you know. So it's, it's, you know, it's been half and half, but, you know, being a black man in America, you know, you kind of like roll with the punches with that. Yeah, I feel like it happens in other, in other parts in terms of people looking at you and thinking that you're not qualified because you don't look a certain way for me. I've seen it mostly in terms of restaurant dining when I'm going to an Italian restaurant and everyone in the kitchen is not Italian yeah. or you go like <laughs> somewhere for sushi and then you look at the kitchen and you're like, uh, there's no one that looks Asian in there. So that experience of understanding that sometimes the workers behind these cuisines are not the cuisines that it represents make has helped me in my journey in terms of being more accepting that anyone can anyone can do anything and nothing no specific aspect such as dancing is correlated to a specific race or culture or whatever like whatever you however you want to look at it. Um, and plus, if we if we dig into the roots of it, like the roots of salsa, which I, I I've danced salsa and bachata, but as you know, salsa has that special place in my heart. Of course, but um, it's uh, you know it's rooted in um, in Africa. You know, African drums is the the root of it is African. So if people know the history of the music, then you know, like it's a it's a combination of um, Latin culture, African culture. But I just think that um, the African part of it isn't um, isn't taught or displayed enough in the in the dance community. So I think if more people had an um, understanding of the the roots and the the culture of the music, that you know maybe like certain individuals like myself wouldn't get looked at like oh, what's he doing here. There's times so I've gone to clubs or stuff like that, and I get those looks like not really not really socials. Because socials is a little different for the, you know, I, I guess majority of your listeners know what a social is, but for those that don't, social is more like, um, you know, people that's been taking dance lessons and, you know, a part of the dance community go to like these uh, certain events and just dance. But if you're just going to a regular club, which sometimes I do, and I'll go in there and, and I'll get that look like, you know, what is he doing in here? Or, you know, and in those clubs, it's actually harder for me to dance. Like, I'll go into like a, a regular Latin club and 
it's it's actually harder for me to like I'm like you know can you want to dance nah nah we good so I think um yeah a lot of times if, if people just um just know the the culture of the music then it, it'll be a little bit uh, uh more acceptable to other races that makes sense I think what's really surprising and amazing is that if you go to Japan. I had a friend who had who is black and went social dancing at a club in Japan and he described that he didn't stop dancing. There was a circle around oh there was a circle around mm-hmm. him just people I um, I guess they're not the norm is not to see someone who looks like him and that dances bachata or salsa uh, like yeah. him. So they're just so Oh wow! Like they're so amazed by it, and they're just like, "Oh, I wanna, I, I want to dance with him." So taking that same experience and putting it in America is just, it just kind of ties into like the history and how Black people are just viewed overall in our society. Oh, yeah. Um, That's yeah. definitely the stem of the problem. Yeah, you know, we're we're viewed um, very negatively. I was gonna go into a. a, a big old thing about it. I'm just going to say we're viewed very negative. And that, that, you know, flows over into everything in America. That flows over into music. That flows over into dance. That flows over into just walking down the street. So what, what I'm, I would say I'm grateful for this, uh, this pandemic time that the events that took place um, happened is because it kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes to things that I thought like a lot of people already knew about. But as you know, the events with um, George Floyd and the protests and everything, I had people that weren't black um, of different nation uh, different nationalities asking me questions that I'm like, you didn't know about that, or certain events that took place in the past. And like, I never knew about that, and I'm just assuming that everyone knows about that. So I think that um, because of the, the times that we're in at this present time, hopefully people will start like um know that the negative things that's been said about this negative subtle things when i say subtle because things are portrayed in television shows and music and news where it's like a subliminal how they project black people as being this and being that and then people that don't have black friends or don't haven't grown up in a black community they're judging Black people as um, like whatever they see on TV. And I think now like things are being put out there where people are starting to pay attention and like, uh, how am I going to say it? They're actually like doing their, doing their research. Doing the work. Instead of, yeah, instead of just saying like, oh, I'm going to believe what the news says. I'm going to believe what this, uh, this racist television show says or whatever the case is. So, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. I think what all of this is has come to light, everything. All, for me, it was more like, okay, we, we haven't watched Ava's films on like 13 <laughs> and we haven't watched When They See Us. Like this is yeah, yeah, yeah. new. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing that I just saw a lot of people really accepting black produced movies or mm-hmm. or or stories that told black stories yeah. for me i've always 
that's my that's my thing that's my jam yeah. like yeah. i i want to yeah, yeah. learn more uh yeah. on how america is not 100 percent what it's selling outsiders to be um and and now like netflix now bringing moesha and um all these other shows that i grew up with i'm just like oh like i never i think everything is that this time has put into light intention more than ever so if you're if you're in all lives matter you're intentionally being an all lives matter person if you're a a black lives matter person you're intentionally understanding what it means to just say what black lives matter means and i think that's the sum of it is like understanding my friends and like okay there's no more excuses there's no more i was too busy there's no more i i didn't understand like there's a plethora of resources and now you choosing to support one one thing or the other or wanting to know more not wanting to know more is 100 percent your intention and just who you are versus you just didn't know yeah yeah like it's, it's to the point now where it's like you pretty much you're picking a side yeah. I, I don't want to put it in that for, that form but it is like if you come to me you say all lives matter you're pretty much being selfish you're not looking at what's going on and we can't be cool because <laughs> to me you just uh pretty much pick the side of the oppressor yeah um and you know i can't rock with you if you you know if you with the all lives matter because yeah, everybody, everybody matters, but at this particular time, all lives are not being attacked. Yeah. Melanated people are being attacked. Um, and that's what the focus has to be on until that changes or gets better. Uh, and th- the same thing about like how you were just saying, like me and you, we done watched 13 and all these other documentaries that people are watching now, it's out there. So if you're not watching and if you're not doing your research, then there's no more excuses because it's out there, you know. Um, just even, like, even me using the word, uh, and we spoke about this before, I, I use the word black people to, because that's what everybody's, but it's deeper than that, you know. Uh, I like to use the word melanated people because black is not a nationality, but we're not going to get into that. We only got limited time. But that's, <laughs> that's for another show, whatever. But, you know, for, for society's sake right now, I mean, I'm going to use the term black people, but just, there's so much history that if, if people go out of research, they'll understand why I like to say melanated people more than black pe- the, the term black people and stuff like that. There's, there's so much um, information, there's so much history about melanated people, black people that's been hidden that you it's it's here now you have just have to go out there do the research do the studying and you'll find out so much as far as not only about the history but about all the conspiracies all the um things that were put out there to oppress us that's still out there that continues to oppress us like there's there's no more excuses so when people say like after after this time period after this craziness that we went through no one could come to me and say well i didn't know i'm like well you should learn yeah, you're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think like for me, especially as a dance teacher, what's tr- reshaping the way I see how perhaps I've contributed contributed to the uh, the systemic structure of a very um, 
I don't want to say microaggression, but a very underlining way that I could have been uplifting white structured uh, or white privilege or white ism in my mm. dance <laughs> in my dance process is mm. for me it's hairstyles. I think for a very long time I've tried to apply all of my follows a certain hairstyle that looks a certain way that doesn't support their natural hair uh, and forcing them to relax or straighten or put their hair in a certain way that is against their just their natural hair and just putting into myself questioning myself is why is natural hair not okay and why is my natural hair okay but why is their natural hair not okay and it's not where I've seen their natural hair is not okay, but seeing as their hair as not the standard for a stage. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a society thing as well. Because if yeah. you look at television, um, beauty pageants, modeling, everything like that, um, natural hair is not, um, it's not promoted. It's not looked upon as being as, as beautiful as it is. Like me, I'm a big believer of, uh, natural hair, whatever, whatever sense, you know, no matter whatever your race is, I'm, I'm natural. I'm, I'm big on natural. So, cause me, natural is beautiful. So if, if to me, natural is beautiful, just promote natural. That's, that's true beauty. So if you go on stage, instead of having all of these, uh, you know, fake hair and extensions, which uh, I am not a fan of, sorry, ladies, um, it's where your natural hair, no matter what it is, it, it's, it's beauty. To me, yeah. natural, naturalness is beauty. And I think that digs deeper into just the pressures of society into our dancing because you touched on it before, the Black roots of salsa and bachata Mm -hmm. and this really aggressive push to push out any type of conversation of Blackness in our dancing where we we talk about it has Cuban roots and he has like Puerto Rican roots and all these and but it the lineage of connection stops there. Like yeah. bachata and salsa, oh they came from uh, they came from the Cuban uh, the Cuban immigrants or the Cuban uh, enslaved people uh, that lived in Cuba, right? But we're not talking about like okay, but it doesn't it doesn't it didn't start in Cuba. Like, can we be more intentional about saying African people develop these instruments or a version of these instruments? It was born in Africa. And when they migrated to, or well, not they migrated, but they were captured uh, (laughs) (laughs) and forced forced into uh, enslaved labor, they they brought that with them, right? It wasn't born in Cuba, kind of like that, that shift of conversation, uh, Again, it deals with the intentionality of it and this need for even myself in terms of my culture is like this need to uh, better the race conversation uh, of like your skin should be lighter, like stay out of the sun. You don't want to be dark. Um, You should marry someone who has good hair and like good hair (laughs) versus bad hair. And okay, like are Latinos black? Are we going to address that issue? Um, are we, and I, I guess I would like to get your, your input on what you think about, uh, Afro Latinidad, which is like Afro Latinos that are just like, they're, they're acknowledging their African roots, mm-hmm. but also 
wanting to connect to their Latino, their Latin America, Latin American roots of the Spanish culture? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's no reason why you can't love both, in my opinion, right? Yeah. <clears throat> like, if you're half, and, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're half and half, love both. Just on, um, just don't just promote one, you know. And with a, a lot of, um, I'm not gonna say any uh, specific names, but people in um, the dancing, when um, when everything happened with the protests and everything, and you know, everybody was promoting things on their page, and there's a lot of um, people from the dancing that kind of in a way broke my heart because they didn't speak up about that. And some people are darker than me, <laughs> you know? And yeah, you have, you know, you have your Latin roots in you, but, you know, just by your melanated skin, you have your African roots. So you have to stand up for both, you know? Just like, um, like I, I don't have any uh, Latin blood in me that I know of, but, you know, um, I, I love the culture. I res respect the culture. I respect the people. I love the culture. I love the people. If something happened in the Latin community, I'm speaking up, you know. Yeah. Your fight, your fight is my fight. I, I actually feel like um, Black and Latino, we're pretty much the same. We're, you know, I don't look at Black Latino as different. Like, we're the same. Just that, you know, you just happen to speak Spanish and then, well, I'm actually learning to speak Spanish, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you're, you're good. Uh, Don has, you're, what, what level in Spanish, uh, I've been taking Spanish lessons for about four years now, four or five years. Yeah, and you're you're doing pretty well. I mean, I I mean, this podcast is in English, but I think if I had it in Spanish, you'd do well. I would survive. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't test me right now. No, 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 no. no. I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't put it out there. Um, yeah. Be yeah. So <laughs> for me, it's just. It's just getting more, just inserting the conversation and letting people know a little bit more into, okay, let's, let's start inserting melanatedness. I'm going to try to up my vocabulary. Yeah. Uh, melanatedness into the conversation. For me, it's where I have to, I, I'm on a self-discovery of like, okay, what does melanatedness look like in myself? Um, my 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 mom is very pale skinned, but that doesn't make her white. For me, it's kind of thinking about okay, what does the how does the oppressor oppressing role in the Dominican Republic look like in my mom's lineage? Because it's not where oh my mom is white. No, my mom was probably not white. She just has a she's mixed with the colonizer's blood, which makes yeah. her on the pale side versus my dad he probably has a little bit of indigenous tribe slash yeah. maybe a little bit of melanatedness. And I don't know. I don't know because people don't talk about that. People don't want to uplift that, but it's like, now my discovery is like, okay, how do I talk about myself in a way that feels genuine for myself? It doesn't feel like I'm appropriating anything and it yeah. feels uh, that I am acknowledging and uplifting and also learning at the same time. And for, for anyone who feels like, um, I don't know, like, uh, maybe you guys are a little bit extreme what you're talking about. Well, just ask yourself this question. Why is one hair considered good hair and one hair considered bad hair? Why is um, one complexion considered this and one complexion considered that? Like, once you just, you don't even have to answer the question. Just ask the question and then think about it. You know, there's, um, 
it shouldn't be like that, you know? And it shouldn't be a, a discrimination about things like that. And especially in like the house and a place like, like um, I've never been to DR, so I can't really speak about DR too much. Um, but when I went to Cuba, I saw the hey. difference. I saw, hey. <laughs> I love Cuba. I saw, have, have you gone yet? Yeah, I went. I went um, not this past, this, when did we go, Jonathan? Was this past December? No, right? It was two Decembers ago. Two Decembers ago, we went for a, a few days uh, with another couple, but it was. What did you think about it? Because you were supposed to, you were supposed to went when uh, like 20 of us went. Yeah. So for me, I, did I go twice? I've been there twice. I've been there twice, okay. right, Jonathan? <laughs> yeah, I've been there twice where you were just like trying to change my flight. <laughs> that was, that's another conversation. I think that was when uh, like the a big hurricane, um, I don't know if you remember that hurricane that uh, was like in September, I think three, two years ago that devastated uh, not only that island, but also uh, the, the Hurricane Maria, was it Maria? That devastated Puerto Rico. Oh, I, I know Choma, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't so, remember the name, but I know. Yeah, so that hurricane came and I was in Cuba when that <laughs> hurricane was coming and Jonathan was like, you need to leave Cuba right now. <laughs> He's like, and I was like, no, maybe, like, we'll just wait it out, like, it's okay. He's like, and then I called him again, maybe like an hour or two afterwards. And he's like, okay, so you're leaving tomorrow. I need you to get to this airport. You have a flight <laughs> confirmation number. And I'm just like, Jonathan, how did you change my flight? And he's just like, I, I just, I got it done. Like, there's no way I'm, I'm having you in a hurricane and hur uh, survive a, a hurricane. That's a good dude right there. Or he's just like, he's borderline very hands-on in my life but it's okay I, I understand that he, he comes from a place of like worry and love and uh but still I, I still question like okay this airline changed my flight without my permission you know like just also like mm. he he made he made it happen that's a good yeah. dude right there <laughs> yeah but also the airline <laughs> less so like potentially could it be a stranger to just change my flight without my <laughs> consent but it's okay like that's another conversation for another time but yeah like just please speak on your your cuba experience i just wanted to support oh, no, your okay. your cuba thoughts thank you um no nah, i mean just when i went out there i saw like the difference between like um how people of uh darker complexion was treated um you know versus people of lighter complexion and i thought it was I won't say I thought it was strange because I've seen it happen even like in, you know, in America and everywhere else. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just like you, you think that everything just is like the way it is in America. But when you go to different places, you kind of see the same thing. And you, you uh, know, it just opens that, damn, this is it's not even an American issue. This is a, a world issue. And, you know, it's, it's enlightening where you like, all right, so, you know, I got to think different, mentality's different, but at the same time, it's kind of sad at the same time, you know, that we live in a world that thinks like that. Yeah, and I feel it, it, it's a, just a constant struggle of oppressor versus the oppressed. Yeah. Whether it's based on your skin color, I also feel like the same relationship is between people who are working class and people who have built generational wealth. 
-hmm. I also feel like in terms of religious, like religions, I'm sorry. Uh, if you believe certain things, you're better off. If you, if you don't, if you, in my experience and in my circle, if you come from a culture or I'm sorry, a religion that believes in multiple gods yeah. versus believing in one God, the view is that if you believe in multiple gods, you're leaning towards this this bad image, which also is another conversation of uh, <laughs> santeria or um, I don't know how to say it in in, Spanish, in English, but kind of like the Wiccan culture, like mm -hmm. the that those these things that people believe in that are like Satan like. That that's how extreme it's been in my in my experience. Where people, if you talk about having different gods for different purposes, it's like oh, like that's like the devil, the devil's mm -hmm. coming into you, or things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, versus if you just believe in one God, oh, like oh, that's you're 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 on you're on God's path, like you're <laughs> you're holy, you're like you're a part of us, and it's interesting because I feel like in mytho like the Greek mythology there there is a different god for different things and it's more accepted in our culture versus what when we go into and i'm not the right person to speak on this i think i'm just kind of relaying what i've learned so far but in latin american countries and islands people don't people believe in more than just god and depending on the skin color i think especially like when we talk about i mean i can talk about it because I've seen it is Haitian culture, their religious stance versus Dominican culture on religion is very different. And one, one tends to, man, I don't know how to, let me just, let me Google it real quick. Um, I don't know how to say, Jonathan, are you on your phone? Can you, can you look up Santeria? I don't know how to say it in, in English. I mean, the way I've heard it is the way that you said it. Yeah, right. But what's the yeah, what's yeah, the yeah. English term for it? Mm -hmm. We're we're gonna have our you know our production. We we'll do it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> way of the Saints. Way of the Saints. Okay, I would have never known that. Yeah, I wouldn't know that either. <laughs> but it, it's it's like Santeria and like these 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 um these rituals of like dolls and praying to different different spirits and things like that, which is more common in Haitian culture than it is in the Dominican culture, is just another thing that is looked down upon in Haitian, on Haitians mm -hmm. from a Dominican mm -hmm. perspective um, versus really like embracing that because there are Dominicans that do do that, that yeah. do uh, do little rituals for themselves, like keep like wear a certain color uh, mm -hmm. in the new year, like eat 12 grapes. Like mm -hmm. these are norms that I, I don't think are in the Bible. I don't know. That's just my experience. But th this is the thing, I mean, to tap into that real quick. Like you, you mentioned <laughs> rituals, right? Yeah. So, all right. Christianity, Catholic, uh, Catholic, especially Catholic, um, they all have rituals, but we don't look at them as rituals sometimes. Like, um, uh, my mind just went blank. But it's like, like the um, crossing across, like for me, it's like doing yeah. the cross in front of when you, whenever you're in a car passing a church, yeah. you have to like yeah. do the sign. Yeah. 
that's a ritual. Um, eating the the you know the bread of Christ and drinking the blood of Christ is pretty much a ritual. Um, like me personally on religion, I'm, I'm sorry, we just kind of switched the subject. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's uh, okay. It's like this is where Cafe con Jen flows. So you're just gonna have to flow with us. Um, like um, mainly, I was I'm born. I was raised in you know Christianity. Um, have a strong Christianity base, but um, recently, and I still, you know, my foundation is Christianity, but I, I learned from other religions and other things too, because the way I feel is that um, when, and this is my theory, you know, if you don't have to agree, when the world was created, there was one belief system, right? We all you know, we're all human, we all came to this earth, um, and there's one belief system. Now, if this person studied this, this person studied this, this person studied this, when they branch off, they're gonna have their own perspective on that belief system, but it all comes from this one main belief system. So with that, if somebody is, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a bunch of different Muslim or Christian or Catholic or whatever, Buddhist. if you look into each one, Buddhist, um, they, they all have a perspective of that that kind of um, connects, you know. So, like for the longest, I was like, nah, not no, nah, I don't want to hear anything about that. And then I got to a point in my life where I started looking at things and I'm like, well, that makes sense. So I can have a core base in this certain religion, but I can also study that religion and take something from there, and take something from there, and at the same time respect all of the religions because I notice like a lot of times. Um, and no disrespect, disrespect to my, my Christian and Catholic peoples, but um, they're very um, standoffish about certain things. Like, no, that's not Christian. And this is coming from a person who I consider myself a Christian. I, I consider myself a spiritual Christian. Um, I know a lot of Christians are going to be like, whatever. But <laughs> that, I, I, don't, I try not to focus on the religious aspect of it. I try to focus on the spiritual aspect of it. And in doing that, I can learn from Buddhism and I can take things from Buddhism, like uh, meditation and certain things, or take things from here about like crystals and stuff like that and connect it all together. And if people studied the Bible and looked at certain things in the Bible, some of these things are in the Bible. It's just about how you interpret it. So I don't know how we just got on that subject about talking about religion. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But, but like, um, yeah, I, I, I think people need to be. Just like that, we need to be open minded with um, race. Religion is the same thing. Religion is one of those things. Like I, um, and I know, like when my, my my Christian peoples and family members, they're gonna be like, "We gotta talk with you." But this is how <laughs> no. this is how I feel. I feel like I want to concentrate on more being spiritual than religion because religion puts you in a box, and when you're in that box, you don't learn, you don't grow, and you don't connect to a higher source. I believe spirit. When you when you try to be more spiritual. And look at every aspect of life and of religion, you, because every religion has the one common thing, and the one thing in common is that they want to connect to God. And I feel like if you're spiritual, you'll connect with God instead of just boxing yourself out in a religion that you never really connect with your spirituality. I got a little deep for y'all, sorry. No, no, it's, (laughs) I, this feeling of, being in a box, I feel like relates to another thing that we connect on is like veganism. And for me, uh, being two years vegan, two years, Jonathan-ish, yeah, two years, yeah. 
So going on to years veganism, uh, what I've learned is I know what I don't want for myself, but that doesn't mean that I am coming from a place where like, like one of those badly represented uh, amongst the vegan community as like the crazy mm-hmm. vegans where you're yeah. just like, <laughs> you're just like, I don't want to say it's not crazy. It's just like you're just so passionate to a point where you're obnoxious about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, knowing, recognizing that my journey is not your journey. So if you are on a vegan, like on a vegan journey, and you eat cheese one day or you eat eggs one day, again, that's not kind of something that I want to do. That I want to have like mm-hmm. this. I guess, quote unquote, cheat mentality of like having a cheat day or cheat meal. But if that works for you, do you boo boo? Like that's, that's your journey. Um, Again, not having a box of like your diet or not diet, but your eating lifestyle. Like, so if you want to be a pescatarian, if you want to be a vegetarian, if you want to be, I don't know what other, what other isms or um, not isms, what other Aryans there is, um yeah and i i feel like you can relate to that because you were a pescatarian before becoming vegan yes i was um pescatarian for i can't remember how long um because i like I, I gradually started cutting things out of my diet when i was like like 12 i think or something like that that's when i first stopped eating uh pork and then i think i was like 19 when i stopped eating beef and then eventually i became pescatarian and then i've been vegan now for about three years Nice. Actually, July July made three years. Congrats. And thank you. And um, no, nah, I, I feel you about the box. Like, I think I used to be, when I first started, I used to be one of those, and some people might even say that I still am, but one of those, like, you eat cheese, you eat that. <laughs> but, but, and like you said, I, I think it was coming from more of a, uh, more from passion than, like, trying to criticize people. But now, like, I, I've learned to fall back because when you, you have that type of mentality, people like just get turned off and they don't, they don't even want to listen to you now. They don't so hang out with I'm you no like, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't bite him. I don't bite him. <laughs> he going to judge us. I know. So like, I let people do it, you know, you do whatever is good for you. And, you know, as much as you can, like there's some people that they can't jump into veganism, but they want to like, oh no, I'm going to try to like do pescatarian. Cool, do pescatarian. You know, take your step, just do what's good for you. Um, and you know, I, I know I like, I try, I, I try not to, like, I, like I said, I'm, I'm passionate about it. Um, but at the same time, somebody might come at me crazy cause I have a level bell on, you know, and they'd be like, well, you're vegan, but you got a level bell. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I bought this, but just throw it away. But I mean, I, I bought this like three years ago and it was like, you know, <laughs> it's like a hundred dollar bell. So I understand like... <laughs> Certain things you got to gradually like step into, you know. So yeah, I've learned to like kind of step back and let you know let everybody do what they need to do as far as being vegan. But if you can become a vegan, or so you're interested in it, try it. Just take your time. It's, it's, it's a good experience. I love it. Yeah, I went cold turkey. I was one of those people that they're like, oh, you know, some people can go cold turkey, but you just try one step at a time. I, for me, I think I'm the kind of person that once I decide to do something, I'm just like, mm-hmm. bye like 100 percent. and one day i decided i'm like there i I just got tired of eating 
baked chicken and I, I would go to some restaurants and I would still see like red blood on, like on the bone. And I'm just like, I'm done with this. Like I can't be taking my chances and like, I don't want to eat grilled chicken for the rest of my life because my trainer was like, you need to get your protein up. And I was just like, I'm done. Like I'm 100% done. And I think what veganism has done for me in terms of, it's just, I don't feel bloated anymore or like sluggish. Like for me, I live with, I have a partner who's not vegan. He likes to call himself half vegan because he <laughs> supports himself. He supports my like my my lifestyle. He eats what I eat. Uh, yeah. He loves the thing. Uh, he's a gardening person. Like he loves gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like how like I can't be I can't be super passionate to where like I'm gonna break up with you because you eat meat. Yeah. It's just you have to you have to know why you're doing it. Uh, you have to test it out, see how it makes you feel, uh, and then understand that not everyone is going to be on your journey. And is is that one, is that your deal breaker? Is yeah. you eating, seeing someone eat meat in front of you, then it's just like just be prepared that if that is what you need from your life, and like to where it's like no one can eat meat around me or eat cheese, then it's just like you have to understand that you're not the majority then. And what is your life going to look like? And also, are you going to be, also, when did you start veganism? Like, were you, were you one or were you, have you been vegan all your life? Um, so, yeah, some people, you know, haven't made that switch. And I, that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, absolutely correct. Like, for, for me, like, in my family, and I have a very big family, I'm one out of two people in my entire family that's vegan. And my cousin, she's vegan. She lives in like somewhere in the Midwest somewhere. Um, but when I go to family events, this pork beef, where I, to the point where I got to bring my own food. And sometimes my sister, like she'll like make me a vegan meal or something like that. But, you know, my family, they're not vegan. They're, you know, they originated from the South. They're, they're eating like all types of crazy stuff. But, you know, I can't judge them. You know, I mean, in the beginning, I used to be like, hey, you shouldn't eat that, whatever. Now I'm like, you know, I just wait for them to ask me questions about things if they want to switch things up. And like I say, even with the, um, because I consider myself a very strong vegan. Like I don't eat sometimes milk, eggs, and I will not touch it. But I'm going to share something with all you guys out there. Um, the other day, so during the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of park workouts and stuff like that. And I needed some gloves. So I went to this store this um this army uh surplus store that i like to go into and i got these gloves paid from whatever and the guy was like yeah you know i'll give you a good deal you know because the bottom part is like 100 percent leather and i was like i felt bad and i left the store and i went to go work out and i didn't use the gloves and i the whole time i was like i kind of feel bad buying these gloves <laughs> you know so yeah that, that that's part of my journey that's never happened before because like i said in the past like I've had leather belts and stuff in the past that, you know, I'm like, I already bought it or whatever. But the fact that through my vegan journey, like I, you know, when I get into something, I'm, I, I'm pretty passionate about it. So I watch documentaries, how they treat animals, how this is done. And it kind of like, I don't know, dude, for the whole day, I'm like, ah, I don't feel right about this to the point where I still have the gloves in the bag. When I went back to return them, the store was closed. Damn. So I was like, I'm going uh, <laughs> to, 
I'm wait to you know they open back up and I'm gonna see if you know they got a different pair or something like that. And if not, then I'm just you know I have to chuck that one up to learn experience. But it, you know if you try to be vegan, you, you're gonna be on a vegan journey where um, you might just be cold turkey like you did, passionate, or you might just stop a little bit. But each it's like it's, it's a small journey so as you go on your journey you're going to build up build up build up so right now somebody that's looking to be vegan is like you know what i might you know i'll stop eating stuff and i'm not gonna stop weighing leather and then as you get it more into it you might be like i can't mess with leather anymore. or you might yeah. be like you know i'm just gonna stop eating i'm gonna stop eating beef and pork and then as you go on that journey you realize you know what i don't like the things that saw how the animals are treated i don't like how it you know it's for my health so i'm gonna cut it out so you know, your vegan journey is your journey. Just, I would say, take it step by step, and then you'll learn as you go. Uh, you know, what is what's what's part of your journey? Yeah, for me, I think that I am a vegan by I don't know how to say it, like eating. Like I'm a uh, health, vegan like, eater. Yeah, by health. Like, but doesn't you, mean. You yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't really shop anyway. I don't. But I don't think I'm in my journey or in I think I'm still new to where I'm just focused on like making sure that everything I eat um is vegan uh which is interesting because I'm quarantining with my mom so my mom loves baking like she is all about the baking uh, <laughs> and we were like oh like we again my mom has been in the part of the journey where I I've had like she's just like you're vegan like what do you mean you're only gonna eat rice and beans oh my god what's gonna happen to you you're gonna be so skinny um so she's like, oh, here, have some eggs. Oh, here, have some fish. I'm like, no, like vegan is no eggs, no meat, no nothing. And that comes from an animal. And it's been taking her a long time to accept that. So early in the quarantine process, uh, me thinking that she understands that I'm vegan and I'm this is like, I'm committed. <laughs> she was like me, but also me trying to establish a relationship with her and like this is the way she's coping with the quarantine is by baking like she's on youtube yeah. all the time and just watching recipes and she understands that i can't eat milk and eggs so she made this banana bread and i was like she's like do you want some banana bread and i'm just like i didn't ask i honestly didn't ask so i'm like oh yeah sure and then i ate the piece of banana bread and then i was just i felt terrible like <laughs> you can ask jonathan I, I like I showed Jonathan like look at my belly like this is not normal this is yeah, I, yeah. I felt like the one slice of banana bread I was like I feel the way I used to feel when I used to eat meat and I used to feel sluggish and heavy and bloated yeah. and then I asked her and she's like yeah I made it with eggs and I'm like of course you know because <laughs> that's just so yeah. since then she's been trying to like do healthy recipes yeah. they 100% are not um I don't know they were not very good but they're a work in progress, right? It's gluten-free, no eggs, all oatmeal, flax yeah. egg. Uh, so it's definitely a process for her. But that was like my check in my journey to like, okay, I still need to be a lot more village, village, village no, I can't speak today. I'm more intentional about making sure that everyone around me understands like what my eating lifestyle is, what yeah. understanding. I also understand like, okay, I definitely can't mess around with eggs even if I wanted to like like slowly creep it back into my lifestyle because it was a good reminder that my body is not about eggs um yeah. because of the feeling that it gave me with the one piece of banana bread um 
yeah, I guess if any dancer wants to try it, I do, I strongly recommend at least having one of your meals a day, not have any type of meat. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt you. I think it's only going to improve your lifestyle and just try it out, see how you feel. And if it's not for you, it's not for you, but at least making that decision informed, knowing and, and experimenting and trying it rather than just like, nah, like yeah. we were my ancestors ate wrong. <laughs> like, you know, this is, this is yeah. who we are. I mean, to me, uh, it's exciting. Cause when I first wanted to try being vegan, um, I did it for a month and I was like, I'm gonna try it out for the month. And if I like it, I'll stick with it. And of course I ended up sticking with it. But I think it's exciting because you get to try new food, um, pre-pandemic, especially if you're in New York, there's a ton of vegan restaurants and I was hitting up all of them, which being a vegan, you got to be careful because there's a lot of vegan junk food places out there. So you'd be eating all this vegan junk food. Like my first few months of uh, becoming vegan, I gained a lot of weight to the point where I was like, why am I gaining so much weight? So I, um, I contacted one of my other friends that been vegan like for years and they told me like, um, they was like, well, send me what you're eating. And I sent them and they was like, well, you're bugging out. You're eating <laughs> all this vegan junk food. Like, try to go to some vegetables and some regular stuff. Yeah. But, <laughs> more more whole, like, what is it? I think the term is like uh, whole foods. Whole food. yeah, yeah, whole foods, yeah. So, uh, but, um, yeah, it can be exciting. You like, especially like even during the pandemic, you can go on um, Pinterest and stuff like that. Look up vegan restaurant, restaurant vegan recipes. Jackfruit. So, yeah. Ooh, love me some jackfruit. So if anyone out there is from a, like a Latino household or so if you have, if you've grown up with something called ropa vieja and you take some jackfruit and it, you shred it out, like it's not exactly like ropa vieja, which is, you, I think it's like more, more Cuban sent like Cuban inspired, but it, it's like that minus the cholesterol and the sluggishness <laughs> and the bloatingness. It's just really something that has really um, changed my life in terms of thinking about when I think about shredded beef or things like that. And if any of you guys are um, like looking to be vegan and know how, just hit me up, you know. Um, yeah, Don. On, on my Instagram. Yeah, drop it. Drop it, Don. Oh, at the real hop. That's, uh, that's my personal one. Uh, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-H-O-P or... Um, at Mega Elite Fitness, that's my business one. But hit me up. Just if you got any questions, you know, I ain't charging y'all or nothing like that. Just hit me up, ask me, <laughs> you know, I'll help y'all out. But try it. It's, it's it's cool. It's not as crazy. Like my family, anytime I offer them anything vegan, they make this face. It's like uh, vegan, and I'm like, it's potato chips. Potato chips are vegan. You know, yeah. just, as soon as they hear the word <laughs> vegan, they just bug out. Like, oh, vegan. I could be like, you want some vegan French fries? And they'd be like, oh, I don't. Like it's vegan. It's just regular French fries. But, it, even uh, though I, I've learned that ve- French fries are not always vegan, um, that is true. That is true. Through that is true. through like my true. journey, because uh, Jonathan loves eating fast food, and I'm all about like if I'm hungry and I'll just take one of his French fries. But I've learned like not all um, fast food restaurants like McDonald's like they I think they that use beef oil, right? I think it's yeah, beef oil. Yeah. So you it's definitely just like me go out. Yeah. So like not all fast foods use soybean oil. So it's just like yeah. something that I've learned throughout the way that, again, being really mindful. And I think that's what also has encouraged me to just cook at home, 
make yeah. my own meals because uh, it just makes it, it could be the same dish, but it could be like 10 times healthier if you just make it at home, yeah. especially now. I think that's, that's like the hardest thing when you are, <clears throat> when you go out and you got to ask them like, is it this head? This is this head. That's like the hardest thing of being a vegan. Yeah. But it also is, it's about who, what, what kind of vegan do you want to be? Do you want to be that yeah. level of vegan or do you just want to make sure that you don't see any cheese? You don't see any meat. You don't see anything on your plate. That's like uh, not with what you're aligned with. But yeah, so um, be on the lookout. Uh, Don and I, as a uh, Don is also a personal trainer. So if you're interested in like some coaching and sessions, please be be sure to hit Don up uh, on Instagram or his email. I also provide his email address so you guys can like shoot him um, your questions. Uh, and we're we're also working on some very exciting projects in terms of trying to promote fitness in our dance community. So be on the lookout mm-hmm. for that. Yes, yes. Don, do you want to say anything else before we close out? Um, thank you. Hey. Thank you for letting me be on your platform. I appreciate it. Um, I, I I know like you know me and Jen could talk for like days about yeah. Stuff. So you know, <laughs> hopefully you know. Hopefully, I'll be invited back to do a party. Yeah, no, we, we hardly topics. touch dance. We hardly touch yeah, anything about yeah, social dancing, yeah, anything about, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. your experience as a dancer. But I yeah. feel like this is um, just talking about this um, mm-hmm. is the first step, like, in terms yeah, yeah, of, like, our experiences. And then, like, later on, we can definitely have, like, a chat about, like, people who try to lift girls up in the dance floor and how that's going. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you so much, Don, for being thank you. on with me. Uh, this is only the first of many with Don. Like, I absolutely love talking to Don and hearing Likewise. his experience and his perspective. Um, so yeah, and with that, we're going to close out today's episode. I want to thank Don uh, for joining me. And if you want to follow Cafe Con Jen, or listen to any of our previous or be on alert of our next upcoming episodes to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And if you want to see this uh, with captions and see our beautiful faces, uh, please be sure to follow J Squared Bachata on YouTube. See you next time.